Hi everyone, this is Comics Deserve Better. I am one of your hosts, Brian, and I am glad to welcome you all to this wonderful time and wonderful episode of Independent Comic Book Talk and Podcasting. With me as always, Carrie. Hello. And Richard. Hey. So I tried, I was trying to make it as normal as possible because last time, last intro was kind of crazy. Um, but I kind of uh, went crazy with the words. You're fine. <laughs> so, anyways, I hope you're all doing well. Um, actually, really important question before we jump into everything. Um, when does the winter holiday season begin for you all? Like what day? Does it start right after Halloween? Or or does it happen like... Oh, no. After- I, I'm a traditionalist. Okay. Um, when you, you run your Macy's Parade... Mm-hmm. When at noon, Santa comes and the parade ends. It's the holiday season. It's oh, Thanksgiving. Interesting. interesting. It's Thanksgiving. We have the parade. We haven't eaten dinner yet. We're going to celebrate Thanksgiving. Santa's now here. We're good. And then you start your Black Friday shopping the next day. Interesting. See, okay. I'm a retail bitch. So <laughs> I, I'm like November 1st when the Christmas music was playing inside Starbucks. I was like, yes, ma'am. We are ready for Christmas. I was like, fuck Thanksgiving. They have thought Mariah Carey. She is out in the wild. It is time. Yeah. But the- I mean, I do I do want to personally incorporate Halloween yeah. more thoroughly into my life. So definitely I feel now like I'm a hybrid um celebrator like I, celebrator. I don't know. Yeah. I feel the I feel the, ho- the the spooky season should never end. It should be, it should be three so I, I I hate that um, Halloween gets a hard stop. You get to it the thirty first, and we roll over. We get to Christmas, and Christmas rolls through January third. Oh. I mean, even even religious. <laughs> no, no, but like the Christmas the stuff 6th. is still around. Yeah, like the, the, the it it still feels very Christmassy. Like um, we recorded last week. We did, you know, Something is Killing the Children, which is kind of a spooky book, not a Halloween book, but kind of a spooky book. It's definitely but a like. Book. But I felt like, you know, I went to go stream, like I was on Disney Plus and they had a Halloween playlist with like all the tree houses of horrors. No, yes. on the first that had disappeared. Like, it was, really? Yeah, like I'm talking yeah. the, the, the my only issue is that it's not like I can can we ease out of Halloween? Like it's like Halloween, the 31st hard stop, it's over. Like, yeah. like like I feel like the tone and the tenor, especially now that uh we do daylight. I feel like we used to do daylight savings, the time change before Halloween, and now we do it after. And you know, with that time change difference, I do feel as though we 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 do miss out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. On, like, yeah. That Halloween feel. I think, um, and I think like retailers would take a good um look at maybe there's a lot of Satanists and like secular believing people, and I understand that Christmas has morphed more into a secular holiday, but I mean like keep spooky shit around longer and you'll make more sales. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a Christmas is still like an icky holiday to some people and whether or not like you're Satanist or like you think it's more of a secular thing, Christmas um has one of the highest suicide rates throughout the year, like of the year. Right. So like, let's make other things that are maybe associated with like autumn 
last a little longer because then you can kind of ease people into that wintry season. I don't know. Right. I, I think, I, well, I think part of it that like where I'm like, oh, I, I want to start it in that late November after Thanksgiving as far as the holiday season is because when you when you move out of speak, spooky season, I feel like you're also moving out of fall. Like you said, you walk into the stores and it's all red and green and garland and white with snow. And it's just like, but that's not what's happening yet. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. As far and, as weather wise, like like we're still in the midst of fall. And I guess yeah. because like we live in Southern California where it's perpetual summer. A lot yeah, of me the too. Time. I live in Miami. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, you know, like this week we had a, a well, for us it was a huge like tr- like winter storm and it was fabulous. And mm-hmm. it felt finally like it felt finally like, oh, cool. We're in the cold season now. Like, I don't even know if it's supposed to be fall or winter anymore. I just know it's cold and yeah, I'm happy. It, we're, and it gets we're, dark we're season really right early. I can actually wear a jacket. Yeah. Um, I actually, and that's why I just bought a sweatshirt because, because it's for once, it's actually cold enough for me to actually have sleeves. Um, but no, for, for me personally, because, um, and, okay, so. I kind of obviously Carrie and I have been married for a very long time. So when Christmas starts for Carrie, it kind of starts for me now. So it, it is now kind of, you know, November, November 1st as, as with Carrie, but free Carrie um, really my Christmas season, because I'm born in December, I'm like, I'm like December 2nd, Christmas started like December 3rd for me. It was like okay. my birthday. And, and the thing is, is it's similar to the Thanksgiving because sometimes my birthday actually, falls on thanksgiving weekend and so it is kind of like thanksgiving and and my birthday are kind of the end of fall and then now we're going into Mm. christmas season so yeah Yeah. which um and then also when i was in college there'd be sometimes probably oh i'm not going to study or or uh until december 2nd but a lot of classes into like december 5th so so that wasn't a good idea on that on that part right there so but yeah um, so yeah, traditionally for me, it's it, but that's just because like I just happen to be one of the blessed Sagittarius's in the world and uh, born in December. So <laughs> that's that's why your sister's also born in December. Oh, yeah. well, we're not all great. Uh, <laughs> 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 Zing. Okay. Brutal. Well, well, we are. So yeah, th- thanks for for humoring me there. I was just been wondering that all day because I think it, it, it's different for everybody. Absolutely. And, and, there, and there's no wrong answer either. It's just. However you oh, feel. Oh, no, there's a wrong answer. I, I, guess, <laughs> I guess maybe maybe January 1st would be a bad answer. No. <laughs> no, yeah. the wrong answer is uh, is any time before the uh, the end of November. You guys that are in November 1st, that's the wrong answer. It's blatant, you know, American consumerism well, run amok. But well, you, if you enjoy gonna, it, I'm happy so for you. You're going <laughs> to love getting my Christmas cards early this year because we're out of 10 hey, weeks that I sent any, any, um You see, I have no issue with, with, with it. Like, I, But yeah, it, it's just a cash grab to make Christmas start earlier. Like, yes, of course, that's yeah. the wrong answer. It's, okay. it's like now. <laughs> I agree with you. But I love gift giving. Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. But what I'm saying is I think that's maybe why I embrace the early start to Christmas because one I of the totally big, get it. yeah one of the biggest things I do is like oh I get to go Christmas shopping for all my favorite people so yeah I get it and it's yeah. very fun but like it's like the thing is is that we bought it on a cash grab I don't feel like that's uh up for debate it's like it wasn't like we were like hey we got together and we're like hey we should start doing Christmassy stuff on November 1st they're yeah. like hey 
if we start selling them Christmassy stuff on November 1st, they will buy it. Yeah. <laughs> and we were absolutely. like, and we're suckers. We're like, yeah, yeah, we so, will buy it. And here so, we are. <laughs> uh, Starbucks has a limited edition Stanley Thermos co- collaboration. That's a Ooh. beautiful royal, like dark royal blue. I I straight up went in, signed up, get my drink. And I was like, got to buy one of these. And they're like, it's limited edition. I'm like, I know it'll sell out. I mean, See? that was literally on November and, 1st. So yeah. my, my, my they're going to get you. Oh, yeah. I love pumpkin flavored stuff. And I'm sad that 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 once again, that just hardened at like just on October 31st. Like no, no more pumpkin spice, no more pumpkin like you know, flavor things. Starbucks does the rollout of pumpkin spice now, late August, early they do, September. But it doesn't seem because right, they did. said we'll buy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I have pumpkin spice creamer. Yeah, that's true. I'll have to use that, that, said, that said, all for for whatever I'm protesting, I did see a Christmas <laughs> shirt today that I'm probably gonna buy. So oh, that's fun. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. It was nice. uh from Final Fantasy. You know the uh, do you know the monster uh, Malboro? Yes. Those, those so it's Malboro balls. done up yeah. as a Christmas tree where Moogles are decorating it in like Christmas decorations. That's, oh, that's adorable. So uh, and I was just like, I was like, oh, fuck, nice. I kind of need this. Yes. <laughs> Sounds good. And see, for see, speaking of having spooky season all year around, um, I always, that's when I usually do a lot of my shopping for shirts is because I can like to get Halloween and like spooky themed shirts all year. So, yep. But anyways, I guess we should start jumping into uh, independent comics. Yep. But thank you for once again for hearing <laughs> me going through all that. Um, but we'll go ahead and start with uh, DIY Corner and uh, where we talk about uh, books that are getting crowdfunded. This is technically not a comic book. Well, it part is a comic book, but it is comic book adjacent and related. Um, this is a uh, room service. It's a short film, and they're also going to make a comic out of it. But uh, the reason why I'm big reason why I'm bringing this up is the creators are uh, James Tynion the Fourth, Elsa Chartier, and uh, PK Colonet, and uh, they're all awesome comic book creators, and they're they're basically making this uh, live action short film horror movie. Um, the uh, I'll give the quick synopsis of this. I don't know why I said synopsis like that, but. It says, uh, we live in a world where everything is for sale for the right price, where the wealthy know there is no desire outside the reach of their wallet. Room service is a brutal glimpse inside that world. Our protagonist is down on his luck. His family is on a verge of ruin. And with the help of of the mysterious caretaker, he might have found a way out of his trouble. But at what cost? So... It's um the the comic book uh, cover is done by Martin Simmons who does Department of Truth so you know it's all creepy and so so yeah this looks good look fun um, definitely by three comic book creators that um, I know that are titans in the industry we just talked about something kills the children you know so yeah this looks really good that's um an interesting concept because I feel. I feel like in the comic book medium, you can get away with so much more Mm -hmm. and nuance still plays out really well when the art's done right. And obviously the artist is like really good. So I'm interested why a film. Ah, you're wondering that. And they actually answered that question in here. Um, So why are we doing this? Mm -hmm. Um, Some uh, Let's see. Hold on. 
Why are three comic book creators making a movie? The great thing about comic books is that you don't need anyone's permission or money to create one. Take a wad of paper, a pen, and a bunch of hours later, there's your comics. So why the heck pivot to this cash-eating monster of a medium movies? Um, it, so my name is Elsa Chartier, who's writing this. I'm obviously not Elsa Chartier. If you're, <laughs> if you're reading this and you've backed one of our books, um, and um, say thank you and... Everyone and to everyone else, welcome. So we'll get into this. So why are we doing this? PK was excited to get behind the camera for a directorial debut. Uh, James wanted to stretch himself creativity, create creatively, and I was dying to draw storyboards and manage the project. And ooh, we have a story to tell. So so yeah, I think this just might be just kind of a fun passion project. Okay. So you know, and That's also kind of challenge yourself. You know, just because uh, I mean, these people have conquered comics, so. You know, just jump into a different medium. Pretty cool. Um, if you haven't read Love Everlasting, by the way, that's uh, Elsa Chartier's new book that she's doing with Tom King. is amazing. That is a fantastic read. That's a recommendation cool. real, real quick. So speaking about recommendations, though, we're going to go into uh, Spotlights. And I'll have uh, Richard go first. Awesome, awesome. I am back again in my uh, long-running series <laughs> yes, yes, of uh, spotlighting the uh, book by uh, Brian Bussolato, uh Chicken Devil. Where they have a new, they have a, a new series, Chicken Devils. You know, <gasps> issue one just came out recently, and it's uh, picking up at exactly where this uh, the last series left off. It's uh, by Brian Bussolato, Mattia Monaco on art this time around, and uh, Hassan Hasmat as Otsmana El Hau on letters. And you would think that by now we I would know how to pronounce that. <laughs> he, he pops up in so much stuff that we like. Yeah. Um, we love him and we do our best. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh sorry. Sorry to So break this slow. book uh, opens up with uh with uh, our uh, protagonist Mitchell and he's being interrogated by the police. And basically we're getting a rundown of what happened at the end of the last comic, or you know, the alibi for the rundown of what happened last comic. Basically, we've at the end of the of Chicken Devil number or number four, the you know the finale of the last uh, series. Mitchell thinks his family's been murdered, so he goes on a killing spree, murdering all these uh, Russian mafia people that his uh, business partner was in league in. Come mm -hmm. to find out that his family was alive; they were not on the boat that blew up. You know, they just blew up an empty boat. So lucky family, and. What ended up happening is that two, I don't, I, yeah, they're corrupt police. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to sugarcoat it. They're definitely corrupt cops, but they saw what Mitchell was doing. And basically since he was doing it to hardened criminals, they were covering up and cleaning up the mess because they wanted to go vigilante mode too. So that's yes. who's actually interviewing him in this interrogation. One of the cops that knows what he did and is in on it. And basically she's helping him crack the alibi so that they can get away with it. But uh, in the new alibi that they've created for him is that they've made up a like basically a drug war between the Russian mob and this uh, Sons of Anarchy-esque street gang called the Irate Bastards. Bastard <laughs> is spelled uh, with a U like turd, like poop. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yes. And so that's where we pick up. The police basically, you know, these two cops are basically, you know, basically like running a conspiracy with uh with bitch and back at home mitch's whole situation's fucked like his it, like it's very tense between his wife and his kids 
Like, you know, just because the last time they see him, he had a gun to their heads because he thought that they were enemies and they were just home because they were unaware. So Mitch goes to visit his mom, who was a uh, convict, and she lets him know that she's about to get out of jail. And he tells him about tell her about the problems at home. And she's like, under no circumstances, tell your family the truth. Of course, he rushes home to tell his family the truth. And <laughs> his family doesn't believe him. And now his wife thinks that he's a lying mess. However, one of the uh, irate bastards starts tailing Mitch. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, because and of course the cops had assured him that this could never be linked back to him, and now basically we're in the situation that Mitch and his family, who he's been far too honest with, are now in the midst of a uh, a retaliatory drug uh, drug uh, war between uh, two rival gangs, and that's basically the end of issue one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! This is such a <laughs> even comic. with the new artist, the art is still not only very good, but if still feels a little co- pretty consistent <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah like from the covers of the, i i was surprised to even hear that there was another artist you know like well was, the covers are the same are still the same, same person artist. okay yeah same cover artist and in, that was the interior artist for volume one but new uh, interior artist but it still see, holds some of the same like uh it's a definitely a consistent art style compared to volume one excellent that sounds sounds really but cool yeah, really fun book and this poor Very guy cool. is just really, really in over his head. Like the whole premise of yeah. the book, like like I've seen people in this book get brutally murdered, but the whole point is just this is just a guy who's in way over his head and doesn't know how to get out of it. And everything he does to get out of it just makes things worse. Just kind of making the wrong decisions at the right time, <laughs> right? Exactly. You know? Oh, man. Yeah, that, those are always kind of fun books, you know, like just as kind of crazy or even like movies too, like just those crazy like kind of high slash crime movies where mm-hmm. there's that one hapless character that just wants to get the hell out of everything and they can't. They just like keep getting in deeper and deeper. Yeah, it's awesome. Sounds awesome. Oh, yeah. He wants so badly for just everything to be normal and it's Aww. not gonna happen for him. No. Mm-hmm. Is he now when the I know it shows it on the covers, but when he goes like on his killing sprees, is he wearing the mascot costume? Um it, it what happens is that in in the first volume he mm-hmm. ends up killing someone in a public place and the mascot costume is the only thing that he used to get out of it so oh. so he wears the mascot costume to like get out of the public place after murdering somebody okay and then and then subsequently when he goes to hunt down the mob he's just like i don't want them seeing my face so he's like i got this costume that i'm already wearing nice and the issue, one of the main crux of the issues is that the mascot is the mascot for his, the mascot costume is the mascot of his legitimate uh, hot chicken uh, fast food restaurant. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this can only lead to him or her yeah. or someone affiliated with him. In the yeah, end. just wear a name tag. if you um, <laughs> Come on. All right. Well, that sounds oh, really and, uh, good. As with many other issues, uh, there is a some some good uh, chicken recipes at the uh, back of the book, by the way. Awesome. Ooh, I, I am those. a huge fan of hot chicken, so I am more than happy to get some of those good recipes. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. But yeah, um, once again, a fun read. Awesome. And we're gonna piecemeal uh this series like we did the last one, so like eventually we'll we'll have a full run. <laughs> Yay. Nice. 
Sounds sounds good to me. Is it a bucket meal because it's chicken? You know, like you said. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, no. I, you see, that wasn't a groaner. I think that was legitimately good, Brian. Oh, thank you. I felt <laughs> I was grasping, but I'm glad I worked No, out. no. I, I, you see, uh, Carrie's married to you, so maybe she's just out, but I thought that was actually a good one. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I made a joke. I, I never tweet. I made a joke on Twitter, and I, and I got no, no, no response from it. <laughs> And well, maybe because also Twitter is like a garbage fire right now. But and I realized though, what? No, it's everything's great over there. So what are you talking about? <laughs> I I made a joke basically um, that I was you know that I was in customer service and a customer came out to me and said that they were going to ferry my soul across the River Six because they were such a Karen because the name of the ferryman of the Styx River is Karen. See, it's called C-H. Yes, yes, so, yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right? Right? Thank it you. Is. And, and, but then I realized if you, don't, if you don't know how that's, that name is supposed to be pronounced, and also you oh, don't know who oh, they are. no, Brian, baby, the joke is it's not good. Okay. <laughs> well, it's not very good, but the thing is, is that it is, it's, it's a smarter joke than it, like, you yes. need to... <laughs> Yeah, like is that Greek mythology that you need to know to yeah. to, to, to it, reference exactly. that properly? Like it's too clever by half. It's it's, it's it's that weird intersection of knowing what a Karen joke is and also knowing your Greek mythology. It's just it's. Uh, can yeah. we talk about my book? Okay. Oh yeah. Oh, well, we're we're gonna go ahead and if you don't mind, I'll do my spotlight now. Oh, sorry, I was just trying to blow you over. Go ahead. Okay. Well, my spotlight. I feel like I got banned, which is. Which is appropriate because my spotlight is Band Book Club by uh, Kim Hyun Suk, uh, Ryan Estrada, and Ko Young Ju from Iron Circus Comics. Uh, I've had kind of the ability to kind of go through some of my uh, to read pile, and this is from a couple of years ago, and uh, super happy that I finally got to read this. Uh, this is a, um, a story. Actually, it's um, the the two of the three creators are um, from Korea. Um, and it's actually semi-autobiographical. Uh, they've changed names. They've combined characters, um, not just just for like storytelling purposes, but also for legal purposes. Because um, what they were doing in this book is, you know, unfortunately illegal in South Korea, um, which it shouldn't have been at that time. Uh, so this book basically is about. Um, main character who shares the same name as the writer of the book um hyun suk um she's starting university her her parents own the one steak shop in the, their little town it's like a western steak shop so they don't get a lot of uh, business there but the, the father had this dream so he they decided to open it up um so this you know so she goes to the local college because that's all they can afford and um there's a lot of protesting there and she's like, Oh, I'm not going to protest. I'm going to be, I'm here to learn, you know? So she joins the masked folk dance team and she finds out that, well, that whole purpose of the masked folk dance team is to be protesting. So she becomes friends with protesters by accident. They invite her to go join a book club. And so she's a big, she's in there for, to, for literature and English or, or, um, I, or basically Western, Western books, and and uh and literature and so she um basically agrees to go to the book club turns out this book club is a band book club hence the title of the book um and so they're all reading the books that the south korea government has has banned um a lot of books that um that you hear the uh like the bible belt uh places uh banding here in the uh, united states um 
And so, um, but, uh, and plus also anything that kind of makes like, you know, the, the South Korean government feels is making them look bad. Um, so your, your standard kind of oppression, oppression, fascist type government telling people what to and not to read and believe. Um, so she, she doesn't get radicalized. Um, but she joins a group of these friends, um, and she, but she slowly learns that, uh, that she can have an education, like a traditional education, but she also needs to be educated in what's going on in the world and politics. Cause, cause you know, she's basically spent her entire life just listening to the news and listen and reading the paper. And that's where she was getting her information. And so there was a lot of suppression of information that she never learned that she's learning now in college. So she becomes good friends with these people. They obviously run afoul with the, um, the local authorities and, um, and it's essentially kind of like, you know, a nice coming of age um, story about a, a young girl in college kind of learning that the world's not everything uh, that they thought it would be. But it's also a nice, sweet family story as well. So it's it's a pretty good book. I liked it a lot. And I feel nowadays with, you know, censoring and, you know, and like misinformation on uh, with the um, with news groups and everything that, you know, it's kind of an important story to read. To listen to because um so yeah it might not be as drastic as it is like in like a place like south korea when it comes to politics and like information and like and like the oppression of the workforce and everything but you know we're similar here here in our country too so it's good to to kind of read stories like this and kind of get reminded that uh we got to kind of you know stand up for ourselves essentially very cool <laughs> no, it's oh, sorry. Good. No, I was saying things. I didn't realize I was muted. <laughs> oh, no. right. So you can censored by the South Korean government because I'm talking about this. There you um, go. Yeah, yeah. My comments are bad. Yes. <laughs> no, it sounds good. It sounds very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I love. Uh, um, I don't know uh, whether or not we should edit out that that silence because that's kind of pretty funny. Like I'm done. And... <laughs> Leave it in. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, it's now time for our uh, main subject, and that was Carrie's choice. I'm gonna go ahead and shoot the uh, the microphone over here to Carrie. Um, but the choice was Capote in Kansas by uh, Andy Parks and Chris Samney, um, and it is from Oni Press. So, Carrie, take it away. Yes. So, um, I chose this book actually. I first read it in 2006. Um, it's been around since 2005. Brian had lent it uh, to me in a hardcover uh, edition for a flight that I was on. Um, one of the last few flights that I took. So, um, so yeah, I read it then and I, I really loved it. And especially now that um, the resurgence of American fascination with true crime and my personal love of true crime, I know you can judge me if you want. Um, I thought that this would be a, a particularly good choice for myself. So um, if you know anything about Truman Capote, he's basically the godfather of um, the modern 20th century true crime non uh, nonfiction book. And so he wrote In Cold Blood, which is what which was about the massacre of the Cutter family in Kansas. And um, this particular, and so he's paved the way for people like Anne Rule, H Harold Schechter, um, to be 
true crime writers. Um, and again, it's that novelistic uh, take on nonfiction where you are reading something that's very compelling, that's also very gruesome. It's very much based in actual fact. And it tells the story of like death and murder and all this macabre stuff. So um, he kind of made it uh, palatable. And um, he wrote in Cold Blood, uh, it was a long project and it was in the late 50s, um, early 60s that he wrote this. And so this particular graphic novel is about, uh, is Andy Park's take on the uh, processes of Truman Capote during the um, during the writing process. And so um, you get you get to meet a, a ton of characters that are very influential and in, again 20th century writing society. Um, if you hear something in the background, I apologize. I'm sitting on the floor and my dog is like absolutely going ape shit. So um he's right next to me. I apologize. Anyways. Um <laughs> it's not jingle bells. <laughs> yeah, you will hear his little jingle bells. Anyway, so um you meet um Harper Lee which that is the um, the gnome de plume of Nell uh, Lee, who is the writer of To Kill a Mockingbird. And um, you meet William Paley and a lot of other people. And they're kind of like this inner literati, um, very educated, very well-connected uh, New York group, right? And so uh, Truman has been a wonderful short story novel, um, a writer and so he's written for the new yorker and different other magazines and he's oh and i think something that's important to note is that truman capote is openly gay he is in a um in a very permanent relationship with his partner and his sexuality comes up a lot in the book and it's just i think it's just one of the things to show that um regardless of wealth regardless of status uh even if you were the same color as another person um, in the South at this time, uh, anything that made you different was looked down upon. And so um, Truman's looking for the next big book. Uh, he's He has one of two options. He's going to go for uh, writing something nonfiction this time. So he kind of immerses himself into this project of writing um and meeting the people of um, that committed the, the slayings of the Cutter family. There's two men involved and he's trying to get access to them. He gets access to the police. And at, uh, at first he is trying to um, just like kind of demand. He's like, I'm Truman Capote. I'm a writer. I'm from New York. I want this. And everyone is essentially like fuck off in a lot more polite way. And so Nell, um, Harper Lee is with him on this journey for um, the beginning portion and it's just like hey you know like you're fighting this and I don't know why this is something you need to do on your own and you have to ingratiate yourself to these like this community and to these people you're like you're a gay dude from New York who dresses flashy you're as alien to them as someone from Mars like you gotta tone this shit down right so he kind of you know um reevaluates what he's doing and why he's doing it and so he proceeds to have like a month long uh stay and a relation and he he genuinely builds a relationship with the community and he 
convinces them that he's not there to side with anybody. He's just there to tell the story of this really just tragic American um, slaying. You know, it was a peaceful farm. It was a, a cool night. And these people were mercilessly slaughtered in their home. And this is all actual fact. Um, there was four people, mom, dad, two kids, and they were all shot. Um, you know, I think they were all shot like execution style. They were bound and gagged and then shot. And um, and it was systematically throughout the house. So while he's on this journey of like getting info and trying to create this great like nonfiction book, he meets Nancy Cutter, the ghost of the dead daughter of the Cutter family. And so she helps him in a way with processing his emotions and his feelings while he's there. And so um, he does end up writing the novel, as we all know, because we've all heard of it, or most of us have. And um, the story does end with um the finality of the men's fates and they were they were eventually executed for their crimes and so it's kind of um it's a book about the the um I think I think really just like when I think when it's something so tragic it's you want to relate to it so I think what the book is really about is just not just Truman Capote's writing processes but it's also about his personal journey because we do learn a lot about him the reason that he's fighting some of this is because he's from a small hick town and he was considered different from an early age so he was you know, shat on by family, tossed around from one some people to another until he finally found a place where maybe people loved him and took care of him, but he never quite fit in. And so he's able to have conversations with the men who actually committed the crimes. And he finds himself, I think, kind of drawn and kind of relating to one of them. Um, so one guy's an absolute, I mean, they're both pieces of shit monsters. Like you don't mm-hmm. commit that kind of crime and are like, oopsie daisy, sorry, my bad. Right. But, but one guy's yeah. a monster and the other guy's yeah. like when I was talking about chicken devil, the other guy seemed like someone who got a little in over his head. Yeah. And, and I and I think that's uh, that's Perry, right? So I yeah, think that's who Perry. Yeah, I think that's who like Truman really related to, but I think it also scared in this particular like universe that Andy Parks built, I think Truman was very scared that he related to Perry because you do like if you at the at at some sort of base level are the same as like a piece of shit killer Mm -hmm. you know like we like to think of things very black and white like oh you're a murderer you're bad I don't kill people I'm good but like human relationships and humans are so much more complicated that Mm -hmm. I think that it's very I like this aspect that Andy Parks brought to it. I think that was really cool. And I love the I love how he brought Nancy in yeah. because Nancy was able to get close even it's just her she was such an, a nuanced character that I, I really did like how it she was there. And I just think that this was a really nice piece um to accompany something that's written um that's has so much influence on, on contemporary writing. I think this was a really cool book. 
Uh, I, I, I agree. Well. Yeah, definitely. Um, I didn't finish the book in one sitting. So when Nancy's introduced, I was very confused. And I was like half almost finished with the book before I realized she was a ghost. Because okay. I was just like, like I, the thing is, is that I knew that she was supposed to be dead because I kept saying to myself, isn't she dead? But I just <laughs> yeah. kind of kept reading it. as, And I was just like, I flipped back. And I, I was just like, oh, he's talking to a ghost. But yeah. it wasn't said explicitly, explicitly on the page. But then when I flipped back through it, if I would have read it in one sitting, I would have realized it. But since I had that little gap, like I was mm-hmm. very confused. That's funny. <laughs> totally, totally get it. Because like she's not drawn differently, um, and she's also very much not like your your stereotypical like ghost of like from someone. Well, well yeah, they're just more, having normal like, conversations. You know, like, and he talks yeah. to her. Yes, he talks yeah. to her like, "Hey, and, like I'm here to see you." And they, and she and he gives her cigarettes and you yeah, know, like, like that's yeah. what I was gonna say. She's very like uh physical. Yeah, like definitely. And it's, yeah. and I'm curious, you know, like. Was she really there, or was this? It was so, this like, that like Truman's to, way of dealing with shit. That leads to what I, that's actually almost one of the questions I have. Um, do you kind of feel that Nancy represents like his soul, or like, or like his conscience? Because like he doesn't start seeing her until he starts like making do with the town, and like, Interesting. and like I feel like that that like this is also his maybe it's his way of coping. With this, like the fact that he's writing about this tragedy, and yeah. that he doesn't want to feel like he's exploiting them, so he's actually befriending in a way. Well, also too, I mean, especially, especially in true crime, and it's had its huge. I mean, like Americans with every tragedy, we've always had looky loose, right? Like we have dark tourism. Like we as Americans are just really fucking weird with true crime. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think people that profit off of true crime. I think you do sell a piece of your soul a tiny bit because you are dealing with some of the dark, the darkest shit in the world. Like you're dealing with like murdered people mm-hmm. and like ugly crimes and there's lots of not good things. I mean, like me personally, like I can only ingest so much true crime before it starts affecting my sleep. Like I start having nightmares. So then I have to take a break. So I think maybe you're right in the essence that like Nancy was this type of person or this like this kind of mirror for Truman because he realizes in some way that like, yeah, in order for me to make my million dollars and to be like this great American novelist, I I have to not care because at some point you have to turn off the caring of your subject. I think to have a really un, not even a really unbiased, but like a sort of unbiased piece. Right. To have ob- objectivity, you need to yeah. like yeah. dull, dull those emotions. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and then also those emotions were there, especially for Perry Smith as well. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, like, and it's funny because like, I don't, I don't have too much like empathy for him, but like it was, I think this I think the scene that really got me was when um they show him in his cell right after they got the death verdict mm-hmm. and you were just like oh he's that is such a human reaction. Right. I I don't so much have empathy for Perry but compared to Dick Dick seems like a cartoon character like yeah, he, Dick, Dick, Dick seems like he needs to 
he needs to twirl his mustache as he does evil stuff. Yes, Whereas yes, Perry yes. seemed very human. Like he yes. seemed very real. Like there, feel, there was layers to him. Do you feel that the story humanizes him too much? No. Or do you, no, 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 I, no. People that do bad things are real people. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's the yeah. reality of the situation. That's, now, that's the, the problem with the rest of us is that it's easier to just, you know, the whole yeah. thing with people is like, oh, throw them in jail. They're evil. Like, no, these are real people. Mistakes yeah, happen. Yeah. Even the most yeah. heinous mistakes. Exactly. And I, I do I do think that it was cool to see like Truman's way of he got too close in the interviews of Perry, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like you see that and he, and he couldn't handle his, you know, his execution. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. yeah he definitely had like a kinship and empathized with them a little bit too much. And it yeah. was very difficult for him. Yeah. Um, can yeah. I ask, have either of you read in, in was it in cold, in cold blood? blood? No, I've, I have not. So I've not read in cold blood. I have seen, the movie that came out almost about three or four months after this book came out, um, Capote starring, um, oh my gosh, a Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Wow, R.I.P. By the way, um, but yeah, he um, and and I actually uh, enjoy this book a lot more than the movie. The movie's good, but don't get me wrong, and Philip Seymour Hoffman's awesome in the movie as Truman Capote, but this book is is a lot more <laughs> to me it means a lot so more. um so i i i i only know of truman capote from the trailers for that movie i remember yeah. that movie won <laughs> a bunch of awards he won mm-hmm. awards i never knew like it, this is a two america situation so i'm reading the book and i was just like oh they wrote a thing about that guy that i've tertia hair you know kind of heard of yeah. i had no idea he was a writer i had no idea he'd written breakfast of tiffany's i'd never heard of yeah. in cold blood before mm-hmm. this Ooh. even um even when i was in school like um other class other people in my school were assigned to kill a mockingbird none of the english classes that i had assigned to kill a mockingbird so i've never even interacted with that so mm-hmm. like i when i was reading the book i was just i was just sitting there and i was just like i feel as though uh, everybody most people that have read this like these proper nouns mean a lot more to them than it was to me it wasn't until the book ended that i realized that nell was harper lee who wrote a kill to kill a mocky bird mm-hmm. like I, I did either of you read the uh afterwards for for this for I, uh, did. Kid? I did and i have comments on it well it gave me so much more context that's that awesome made a, yeah. a lot more sense of the book because obviously eddie parks had like you know he's a fan of these people and a fan of the, those works mm-hmm. and i didn't come in with those that context so while i enjoyed the book it didn't i don't want to say it didn't make sense but once i read the afterword everything made sense oh cool <laughs> yeah and that's nice that's a nice little cleanup way mm-hmm. for uh andy parks to deal with that i like that no um mm-hmm. i i uh in, in reference to the afterword so um i i really like this book and I mean, again, I I read this before I became a big fan of true crime. And obviously mm-hmm. I've read this before in cold, like I've read in cold blood because I haven't read it yet. Now, I do take issue with the afterword. And this is by no means at all a diss to Andy Parks. And I mean, and first, I doubt you will ever listen to this, Mr. Parks. But if you're listening, this is said with the utmost respect. I have issues with and this is a personal thing with people who recognize their great artistry 
and who talk about it. So I think when he delves a lot and you can, you can tell that he was influenced by these American contemporary authors, because the mm-hmm. way that he writes his afterward is like reading something from the fifties to the seventies written by certain authors. It is. Oh, exact, really? Yes, absolutely. It's, it's the syncopation of his sentences. It's the way that it's the words that he chooses to write. It's the way he's, he's, greatly influenced and i think that's amazing but and I well do you I, think um do you because i it's funny andy parks i know him more as an inker mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. so you know and i i, I also i didn't realize until i got to the end of the book how old this book was because also chris samney is i didn't realize he was in the industry for that long i know him more in the last 10 years i didn't yeah. know he'd been doing stuff well before that this is so I'm re- so yeah th- this is unlocking a bunch of stuff for me as i'm reading it but um, do you, because I don't know Andy Parks' writing. So I, well, I was going to say, do you think the afterward is his writing style or because of the subject matter, he was purposefully writing in that uh, type of pastiche? No, I, so I'm only familiar with his art and, or the inking or whatever, and the, and, uh, and this book, this book. So I do feel like, because I feel like this was such the after it was almost like a love letter to the process of writing this book that I feel, it was it certainly was <laughs> I, I feel that that is his natural tone for writing and I loved it I, I love that style of writing I'm all for it if I were to write I would probably write in a similar fashion however it's just like he's writing about his research process and all these things and I'm I got an icky feeling I was just like, don't lift, don't, don't, don't show me that, you know, this was something great. Just don't do it. I don't need to know that you recognize that. Because Is it less offensive that he's writing that afterwards, years after it's a success? Because I think this afterward was written for whatever edition of this book is many years after it's already succeeded. Um. It, it it doesn't make it less offensive. Um, okay. I, I that is I, I don't like it when artists recognize their own art. I just I've I never have. Um, it's just I know it's stupid. I I I just really it just it it makes it feel like less. I don't know less personal it just makes it feel not fun for me. Like I read the afterward because I was really, I was really excited to see information that, you know, he had gleaned because of the distance between the actual release of the book to the afterward, blah, blah, blah. And then I was reading it and I was like, Oh, you know, this is good. You know, you're doing a talk about it. Like, I don't want to know that you know, this, this is stupid. Like, why did you like, to me, it's almost like gloating. Like, Does that make sense? I don't know if that's like an asshole way to be, but like, no, no, it, it makes sense. Kind of it, sad, it, yeah. it, I've, I've, I've had this uh, conversation with people in different circumstances. Like, I'm diametrically opposed to what you're saying, just because I'm like, oh, like, yeah, if I do something really good, like, why would you be upset about me saying, hey, I did something really good? Um, I usually talked about it with friends in context with like Kobe Bryant, like his last few years, but when he was still playing, people were like, yeah. he's so arrogant. I was just like, in that league, 
Yeah. Who well, like if he doesn't yeah. get to be arrogant, that you're you're either no one gets to be arrogant, like, yeah, like this person has earned it in this context. Like when other people that haven't earned their arrogance are arrogant, then like, yeah, it's very off-putting. But if you've earned it, I'm just kind of like, that's not how I would handle things. Mm-hmm. But no. you've definitely the the work has earned you that right. So like I'm not gonna be grudgy, I guess. I don't like arrogance. Yeah. I like humility in people. And I'm a, I'm a, but, but, even if that humility is dishonest. Um, no, I think it's not being dishonest if you're not gloating about it. But the thing, but I, my whole thing, but isn't it, if, if the gloating is truly how I feel about this, if I'm humble, aren't I being dishonest to you? I, I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't okay okay so let's say by some random ass you know way I meet Andy Parks Mm -hmm. and I'm like I'm a big true crime fan I love this book you know me telling him that I love it and him accepting the compliment of thank you I'm, I'm glad you like it it you know I put a lot of work into it it's a passion project whatever the fuck and thanking me to me that's like the kind of like humble like humility I'm talking about as opposed to like if I did the exact same scenario and he's like thanks I had a research team and we went here and I gave speeches on it I'd be like ew gross I don't need to know all that (laughs) just say thank you I, I feel I feel maybe the answer might be it might be in tribute to the book because I think the book itself is about uh, having hubris and then kind of losing it to you know get, gaining humility in order to write the story and so and i feel like there might be a little false hubris in the afterwards um, okay because i also i've i followed um andy parks for a very long time on social media and one of the coolest things that he does and i feel like this is a very non um like you know it's, it's very much a non a non like arrogant or non like um it's something with a lot of humility would do um when he meets a fan uh especially if they're a kid um they, oh, yeah. if they want um if they want like something drawn by him he says okay you draw me something and so they do a they Aww. do a drawing exchange. Oh, like yeah. a, like a trade. Oh, yeah, I love that. So, so I love he, that. So he keeps all these this artwork and stuff, and he posts it every once in a while of all these fans that have given him their 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 drawings. So 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 you know what's? Oh, please go ahead, Karen. No, 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 no. Go ahead, go ahead. No, no. When you were when you had an exception that you took with the afterward, what I thought because the thing like it didn't bother me personally, but his reveal that like uh, Nell Harper Lee doesn't leave and she in the true telling of the story uh-huh. plays a much deeper role. I thought that's what you would yeah. have took issue with. Cause I was, I totally get people being upset. Like it doesn't bother me. Cause I'm like, yeah, I'm, 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 this is a uh, historical fiction, you know, for lack mm-hmm. of better terms, it's fiction is fiction. So you're allowed to make changes, but yeah. I could totally see how marginally marginalizing her in the process would upset people. That, that's what I thought you were going to take an exception Oh, no. Because <laughs> when I read that, I was just like, ooh, I, I could totally see how people would be mad about that. Especially just that, like, uh, one, you know, you're marginalizing, like, a woman. But, like, you're switching the role with another woman. But also just yeah. that Har- Harper Lee is such a big known commodity in and of herself. You know, maybe even more so 
you know, yeah, through her anonymity, like the fact that she's kind of a mystery made yeah. her more known. So that like, it's like to take her out of, to, to, to be like, I'm in a position to have Harper Lee like front and center or something and takes her and to take her out of it. Like, mm -hmm. I, I felt like that would be pretty upsetting to people. <laughs> you know, and it's funny because I agree with you that people would be upset, but I'm of the same mindset as you are in this and that it's historical fiction. Exactly. You can do whatever yeah. you want. He, he didn't right, you can do whatever you want with it. Yeah. But yeah, like absolutely. I was just like, like I, I feel like no, no, the, the the plan is to like just for, for people's interests, not not Andy Parks, mm -hmm. but just people's interests that I, I feel like again, I never read to kill a mockingbird, so that book doesn't mean to me what it means to so many other people, but I am aware of like Harper Lee, you know, she's like a Steve Didco esque figure where she, you know, <laughs> is kind of a mystery, kind of like kept herself hidden from people. So yeah. if anything, if you're making fiction, don't you want to make more Harper Lee, not less Harper <laughs> Lee? Exactly. Yeah, for and, sure. And, Har and Harper Lee is very prevalent in the movie um, version. Oh, is she? Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Um, but it, but uh, but the thing is, is that like like we were all saying, is it's 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 historical fiction. And you know, there's definitely there's a fiction part of it, and I think if this story did not have the relationship with like Nancy and Truman, it, it would lose something. There's a lot gained with that relationship, and that relationship couldn't have happened with Harper Lee still there. Yeah, right in he, the room. Yeah, yeah, he needed a friend, and yeah. Nancy became his friend. And I think and, uh, and, and Andy Park says that in the afterward that he's mm -hmm. just kind of like he's like nancy is what makes the story work like without Absolutely. her yeah. the mm -hmm. story doesn't work and i'm yep. like oh yeah but yeah you couldn't you definitely couldn't have both no you absolutely no, not definitely not so but now question about the adaptation so this book has been adapted there, there's been at least two movies there's this there's this comic there's so, there's a lot of pieces done about Capote writing in Cold Blood. Why, why do you guys think that we're so fascinated by that? Why does that keep getting adapted? Because I, I, I oh. literally told you up top. Yeah, because it is the birth of the modern. Yeah, he invented crime. a new genre. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. And do you think it's just that though, or do you think it's maybe just because of like the? Well, no, no. Well, also, I mean, we love true crime, just yeah, general. But like, this yeah. is the invention of something. Like, if if, if there was a a more interesting way to tell the story of comic of how comics were invented, Brian, you and I would be all over it, and they would adapt it sixty times. Yeah, just true. because comics are super popular, and if the if if the the story of how they got created was super interesting then like yeah it'd be adapted like 60 times so true crime super popular mm -hmm. the actual story of what went down with you know all of this is super interesting in and of itself so i'm sure I'm, this is not the last adaptation we're going to see in our lifetime i'm sure also too truman capote shortly after this was released uh and you know he did his press tours or whatever he got very sick yes so um he tried for years to uh, recreate the you know that feeling that high that um you know that celebrity that he got from in cold blood and he and he specifically was looking for another crime and the closest he got to was um the houston mass murders uh which were committed by dean coral and two teenage accomplices in the 70s and he was actually going to go out and interview the two accomplices that were still alive, but he was so sick that he ended up dying shortly mm. after the, uh -huh. the murders were um, were discovered. And so he couldn't ever achieve that again. And I think that's part of it. 
is because that feels more exploitative than it, like like it when we read this he's talking he makes a point that like you know he feels bad because he doesn't want to feel like he's exploiting these people but like mm-hmm. he he thinks it'd be fascinating story but to do it again in, or to be searching to do it again mm-hmm. that feels a bit exploitative absolutely and uh, now i agree with you that's but, the thing about true, true crime right there yeah and then um that it absolutely that's that's the uh the moral uh you know question that everybody has about true crime so mm-hmm. that's um i guess he wrote plenty of true crime short stories but he never mm. never got the um the accolades that he got for in cold blood you know so i mean that's um i think that's why there's just it's a fascination with him as a celebrity and him as a figure and the story itself because there are very few crimes in modern uh, 20th century, you know, American crime history that are so fascinating as when somebody out of fucking nowhere decides to enter a domain of someone and just execute them. A random murder. Random murder. That oh, that's what I was going to ask. I, I, I don't, um, they don't say it in the book. Um, do we know what it was just completely random. It was not like a robbery going around. Like they nope. just picked a random house they and walked a... in and murdered everybody. They, yep. they were there for money though. They were there to rob. And the dude was just like, fuck it. Let's kill him. Yeah. Cause they, they, seen, the wow. they seen our faces yep. and, and whatnot. Yeah. So did, did they not know it was the sixties and all you do is like, you move two towns over and you can't get caught for yeah. any crime. <laughs> I mean, they, they, literally, they literally fled to Mexico. Oh no, it was they, actually, they were... the, I think it was the late fifties. Yeah. Yeah. It was in the fifties. Yeah. And they fled to Mexico and they were fine until, until uh, they they ran out of money and they had to come back. So yeah, they, they, that exactly. If they were able to have just stayed in Mexico, yeah. they would have never been caught. Or they could, but, no, they literally could have gone anywhere else in the States. Yeah, that's true. They could, they could <laughs> yeah, have they, went yeah, they, over. To Kansas, dipshit. Yeah, they exactly. could have gone anywhere else and just yeah. committed another murder. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, we have that perspective now, but like, yeah. it is wild when you do watch some of this true crime stuff, like these serial killer things. And it's just like, oh, how was this person able to get away with it? Oh, they just moved over a few, like to a new county. Yeah. You know, where, where like, you know, none of the, detec- none of the detectives were on that case and they were able to do more murder. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, yeah. Like the, um, the Golden State Killer was as a good example. Of oh, that. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and wasn't he, he was a cop, right? No, the Golden State Killer. The Golden State Killer, was he a former cop? I don't, I, yes. I don't. I oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, but I, I just do, I just do know that like he committed, he purposely committed crimes in multiple counties that they weren't talking to each other. So they never ever put, it together, but yeah, until... no, they, they, I believe they cracked that case maybe in the last two or three years because yeah. twenty three and me relative, yeah, mm-hmm. used like twenty three and me, and basically the DNA, you know, they were able to match the DNA. But That's I believe crazy. he was like a former police officer, so like he knew the strategy. But yeah, just yeah, at the time, like no one's sharing data, like we don't have, we're it's not a surveillance state yet. So just no. move two towns over, and you're you're Girl apparently, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're golden. Yeah, change change your look. Move two towns over, and you're pretty. You're pretty decent, unfortunately. Yeah. I I have to say personally, I don't know what your take is on like twenty three and me, Richard, but like those genealogical like ancestry things, I'm mm-hmm. fascinated to know what my like ancestral makeup is 
but I'll be damned if my DNA is the reason one of my cousins or one of my brothers has to go back. Like, that's just not the case. Well, yeah, I, I mean, play. like, yeah, I, no, I, I have no interest in that. that. Yeah, I have no interest in that. I have really no interest in like, like, the thing is, is that um, I, I, I know, like, most of my family tree, like, some people in my family have been pretty diligent about that. So they go back as far. Also, I, I don't care. <laughs> like, yeah. It's not information that's like, oh, I'm related. Like, I really wouldn't. Like it, it would something. It's something that would be mildly fascinating for literally twenty minutes to me. It's like, <laughs> oh, like you, you could tell me like I was related to some king or something. I'd be like, that's neat. Where are we going for dinner? <laughs> like, like you know, what I'm saying? it's just yeah. something that I. And also, they're definitely going to keep that and like clone you or or Henrietta Lacks you or something. Like yeah, that exactly. information is going to be kept on file for them to make money well into the nope. future. Like it's Not in the it. paperwork. Yeah, and I yeah I'm good. <laughs> yeah, but also yeah I wouldn't want to be me wanting to know some genealogy thing be like something the reason why some relative got popped. Like, yeah, yeah, not doing it, man. <laughs> so yeah, but um also just reading the book again since I have a limited knowledge of Truman Capote, how is he allowed to exist to be such a flamboyant gay man at that time <laughs> pulling up in Kansas? Like like it's wild that you just like all jokes aside like it's. No, no, like you found a lane that nobody of your class and stature was allowed to have at that time. Like he is, he's a miracle in and of himself to mm-hmm. be able to exist out at the time, celebrity showing up in like, you know, the Midwest. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I think like just I, good for him. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I think that's part of the, I think that's part of like the, you know, like air quotes problem that nell identifies in the beginning of the journey that she's like you're as different to them as an alien from mars you know and it's just like it's not it's not just the it's it's everything about his flamboyance because in, in new york city it's i'm sure he also even plays it up a little bit because you're expected to be flamboyant and you're this you know whining and dining and socializing kind of person have you seen have you ever seen his um his late show appearances when he does interviews and stuff no um they mentioned that in the afterwards like andy parks was like he would see johnny parks when he was a kid yeah and i was um and he he said he even the afterward he's purposefully says that he's not going to get into it it's worth it if you're interested just mm-hmm. let's look it up on, on YouTube. Yeah, and I meant exactly. to do so and I just didn't get around to it. Yeah. But I'm sure. He's, <laughs> he he has a persona. I mean, he's I mean, but the thing is is that um I mean, obviously it's a it's a very homophobic era. Um oh right now, twenty twenty two, yeah, you're right. Or, right. Oh yeah, right now, <laughs> even, right now, even now it is it definitely but back then but no, it, yeah, yeah. The it, back it, then it was more it, much more life and depth than it, it is. It almost now. it almost seemed like as long as you didn't say outright that like I'm a guy and I like to sleep with men, and then like that that people will just kind of like oh he's just flamboyant he's not gay right like, right that, right yeah he's one of the girls like, Liberace um is a good example Paul Lind is a good example it's like there's there's people like now in the 2022 lens you watch clips of them and you're like oh my god that guy's gay that's awesome well, but he's gay and he's well, what's the guy's name that would be like on a Hollywood uh, Charles Nelson Riley. Yeah, or like Paul Lind was on uh, Hollywood Squares as well. Yeah, and he yeah he was the center square, and he was yeah he he was definitely gay, and it's awesome that he was able to be that out 
you know, like then. But the thing is, is that back then people were like, oh, he's just flamboyant. He's not gay, you know, like, which is sad at the same time. Well, I mean, but yeah, it's a repressed time. It's the same thing. You were allowed to be a pedophile back then. It was yeah. just like, oh, yeah, no, he's just he's just strange and never yeah. go to that house ever, ever. Yeah, he's <laughs> weird. Don't go near him. Yeah, he's exactly. weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now we've talked a lot about Andy Parks. Uh, just really quick, I would like to just shout uh, yeah out to, to talk about Chris Abney. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like this was this was my first like Chris Abney book I had ever read, and I didn't realize it was Chris Abney. Um, and like you could see like the beginnings of like the way his art has you know morphed into what it is now. Um, and, you know, I love I love the style of the, the um that he has that, that very kind of like old school 40s and 50s like kind of mm -hmm. pop art style that you see every once in a while in, in some artists and so that really works for this book um and, and it, uh being in black and white i feel like really works for his art style because like the use of shadows and everything in the book is really yes. really nice yeah and well, also i think since it lacks the color like when um like when he's talking to perry and you could really see the guilt on his face because there's no, there's no other color and anything else to distract you. So like when you're having those character moments, I feel like they shone through because that's all that's there on the page. There's nothing really else to look at. And like, you know, it's such a heartfelt, like, you know, deep story. I feel like it really works. No, yeah, it, it absolutely does. And it's, yeah, I just, I, I love his art. Like my thing is I didn't really start recognizing, you know, like he didn't break out into like Daredevil, um with right Mark yeah I, I was unfamiliar to him until daredevil uh, with him until daredevil yeah and so like and that's why i was kind of a surprise i remember liking the art when i read it the first time but it never clicked in my head that that was chris samney until we mm -hmm. read it this time around i'm like oh awesome like i love chris samney like this is gonna be cool you know like i get yeah you know like well, i'm gonna look at his art again you know it's kind of like um when i read um when it went back um and read Hopeless Savages, which is like an Oni Press book. Um, mm -hmm. Brian Lee O'Malley did the second volume of that. And I oh, remember cool. reading it and being like, oh, yeah, that art's pretty cool. It's different, but it's cool. And then, then I read, you know, Scott Pilgrim, and then I knew in my head who Brian Lee O'Malley was. And then going back to, to read Hopeless Savages again, I'm like, Brian Lee O'Malley did the second volume of this? <laughs> like, oh, that's awesome. Like, I, I liked him yeah. before I liked him before he was cool. I'm a true indie asshole. You know, like <laughs> like um uh, Gary Frank is one of my favorite like uh mainstream artists going right now in like mm -hmm. the last few years. And then when I read old X-Men, he's like an X-Men spot like fill-in artist. Like, you know, he'll do an issue here, issue there. And I was yeah. like, and I'm like rereading issues that I read as a kid, and I never would have known. Never would have mm -hmm. known. <laughs> It's so crazy, mm -hmm. but but you know what? I mean, also and during that era, um, the house style was so important that even like like it wasn't until like the you know Tom McFarlane and whatnot broke that those rules that like even artists that had their own style and and method like they weren't allowed to do it. It seemed that they had mm -hmm. to keep that they had to keep that house style. Uh, like um, oh, what? Oh, I'm totally drawing a blank. The Chuck Dixon uh, Daredevil stuff you were showing me. Um. Oh, not yet. Yeah. Um. Not Chuck Dixon, but the guy who who drew for Chuck Dixon. Um. Or I mean, uh, it wasn't Chuck. Uh, Scott. Uh, yeah. McDaniel. Scott McDaniel. Thank you. Yeah. And like Scott McDaniel has a very specific style, but like like in the in the um 
you know, early nineties when he got his start, uh, and he was right for yeah, he's doing house style. Yeah, you <laughs> can't even really tell it's Scott McDaniel. It's like so, yeah. It's it's definitely there's very uh, early X Men Bill Sienkiewicz where he just has to do house style, and it's it's yeah, it's wild. It's wild to just <laughs> see that name attached to that type of art where I'm just like, no, this looks like anybody could do it. This does not look yeah. like Bill <laughs> Exactly. This is, it almost feels like a waste. You know, it's like, wow, you didn't know what you had. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. Like Lee Weeks um, did a couple Daredevil fill-ins as well. And it's like, dude, <laughs> like, why didn't you just let him draw the way you wanted to draw? But yeah. Anyways. Okay. Sorry. But yeah, Sam, Chris Samney, <laughs> um, his art is, is great in this. Um, and I always, yeah, it's just like, um, if you pull pull open um or hit the series that he's doing now, um, well, John and the Impo- Impossible Monsters was really good. He, that was like his first gig at like writing as well, I believe. And he did it with his um with his wife. His wife did like the colors, and that's a really good series. Um, Firepower, which was Jason Aaron, um, not Jason Aaron. Um, no, it's a Walking Dead guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, Robert is, Kirkman. Yep, yeah, which is out on um, on Skybound. Wow, I cannot do I cannot do words today. I apologize. I I'm losing my brain. Um, like we just went through the election. Maybe that's what's going on. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> dying over here. Um, okay. Um, so yeah, and you see a lot of his style of like the way he draws people in firepower. You see it a lot in this. And mm-hmm. you see, you see the evolution, and it's 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 still beautiful. I both versions of it, but it's like you can totally see how much you know, like he has he has grown as an artist. And he, he started. And, um, I, I I like his uh, superhero work, but like the, the this more slice of life, like I feel like it lends itself better to his style. Like just normal yeah. people doing normal things, like it just looked really good. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. You, you like the the fifty style, like. Like romance comic or something like that would be yeah really good. yeah oh yeah you probably do a killer romance comic yeah or even like a western I would love to see like you know if, if they bring back Jonah Hex that would be awesome to see Chris Sammy like do Jonah Hex I would love that mm. yeah that would be good yeah oh but, um there's a scene in the book yes. where Truman hooks up with like a local in Kansas and I was just thinking to myself yeah. when I was reading the book I'm like if I'm in Kansas in the 60s and I'm a gay dude that you know has to be in the closet because things are life and death and I see this super flamboyant gay dude I'm like I have to do anything I can to get this person's attention right like this is my one opportunity yeah exactly <laughs> yeah like whatever the version of 1960s conservative peacocking is i have to do that to get this person's attention because like this is a red alert situation this might be the only time this comes up and you can totally tell in the way sammy draws it like the guys like giving capote the eye like yeah like yes definitely oh it's so cute (laughs) i love it it yeah yeah no no no. sir we are on the same team yeah (laughs) but i felt bad because because he's he was in a the infidelity of it yeah yeah <laughs> you know, i wonder that's a good that, that was something actually i meant to research i wonder if if that was the type of relationship he had with like an open see, that, that's a fascinating thing being that gay like i i would have to i i don't know as many uh older gay men like <laughs> being that you couldn't get married at that time did they all again we're talking 60 years ago so if you're gay, are you just 
treating these as like more fluid situations just because of the culture of the situation because we couldn't be out together we couldn't be like normal like this is my boyfriend this is my husband so like was it just a known commodity that like oh yeah like this situation is gonna be super fluid because this could go up and smoke at any time anyways yeah it could be case by case basis uh, right it could be case by case but like and again it, or that it could be case by case. It almost has to be because, yeah. like, they didn't even have places to congregate to be like, "Oh, this is how the community does it." This is yeah. just yeah. kind of trial and error. Like, oh god, it seems it seems terrifying and dangerous to be gay at any time that isn't like the last what twenty years. Like, it's still yeah. bad now, but back yeah. then, like, it seems horrendous. I mean, it Where was, it was still it a crime, it could get you arrested. Exactly. Right, right. It could right, it could get you arrested. But even in places where it wasn't, but like the thing is is that yeah. like whatever however intolerant, you know, whatever town is, like there's gay bars, there's gay congregating spaces now almost everywhere in this country. Like almost mm-hmm. in every state, every major city. Like there wasn't even that. So it's just like you have to figure out that you're gay. Then you have to figure out who you could tell that's not going to like persecute you. Mm-hmm. Then you have to try to figure out the cues to find another gay person, mm-hmm. not only for relationship, but just compassion or, yeah. you know, companionship, someone to commiserate with you. Yeah. But the thing is, is that both of you must be terrified to act. If you're both gay, you're both terrified to ask one another, because if you're wrong, again, it's life and death right now. Like, yeah. it, oh my God. <laughs> if you're interested in thanks for in, high yeah if you're interested in researching something like that um i would definitely re- recommend like reading books and stuff about the stonewall riots and like what like, right right but yeah people... this is all pre-stone yeah but, again still... that's that's still that's still almost that's what 15 years down the road from yeah. when this was written uh-huh. right? Like, right. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah like no. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm just, I'm just saying that, like, like re- reading, like, what led, you know, what, what the, what, like, the gay community had to do, and what mm-hmm. led to the Stonewall riots is, it's definitely a good thing to read. Well, I think that's like, and I mean, I am not uh, a gay rights scholar. Yeah, yeah, I am not a student of you know uh, LGBTQIA plus history or anything, but I do think that's why you you've heard historically about older man like younger man relationships in like the gay community Mm -hmm. because of exactly the situation that you're talking about Richard like they need somebody to kind of initiate them to like shepherd them through the process process of coming out and finding your chosen family and like looking through like you know just trying to navigate life and i think sometimes that does end up in like a sexual relationship because it's kind of nice because it's like cool not only are you showing me like where the safe places are to go but we're also gonna fuck awesome like i would be down for sure so i mean like to me that's a very natural evolution so i think that's why there's a lot of relationships like that no no you're right but it's like that's so just us being shitty humans it's like the only way like the best possible situation these people were were given is like hey rampant pedophilia just 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 a complete weird power imbalance no no and the thing is is that it's not it wasn't viewed that way at the time like what you described it as is that it was that but also it's this other thing too that's also kind of heinous and horrendous and it's just kind of like 
we made so little space for those people that like this was the solution i'm not <laughs> saying like ancient romans like the people that like fuck the 12 year old i'm saying no, but like, the, but but i i uh, mean i don't know think... i mean like um again i'm not a gay rights scholar but like no like i i was coming of age in the 2000s i would have older gay friends that would have like you know gay dude that i knew that that i worked with in his 40s and he only dates like 18 19 17 year olds you know mm-hmm. maybe even 16 year olds and like they shepherd them through the process like no like i've seen this firsthand yeah <laughs> and yeah there's not really a good circumstance for 40 year old adult dating 18 year old child even if it is legal like but yeah, the thing I is, mean, is that the society is so fucked that that's the only space that we allotted them like i'm not even trying to cast no, aspersions no, 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 no. I'm, really, yeah. I'm casting aspersions on the rest of us if anything yeah, for sure but like that, but that is just like society's so such a mess that it's like hey this is the best that we can give you like yeah <laughs> oh it's so like it's oh it's so unfortunate yeah it's, yeah, it's um, horrible there's a there's a book um about brian epstein um who's the the original the manager of the beatles um that he okay. wanting to to do um he was he it's was a comic a, yeah it's a comic um okay it's it's really good uh but he he's a gay man in um the in london in the 60s and he kind of goes through all of this as well so it, it's, it's basically it's his story obviously as the manager of the Beatles, but it's also about his personal life and kind of like having to get through life, you know, not being who you are essentially because the the way so sad. the world was. Yeah. I just, Dude, I... like just so we understand, I always tell people, you have to understand how being like rough being gay was. They chemically castrated the guy that helped win World War II. That like, there's a direct line mm-hmm. to what this guy did to the yeah. winning of World War II, and like even that didn't get him a pass. You, you're talking about Alan Turing, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. That, yeah. It's like, yo, like, guess what? If you if you help me w- win World War II, you could be as flamboyantly gay as you want. Yeah. He was conservatively gay, and they were still like, nah, bro. Yeah, you got to be punished. It was essentially an accident of how it became known that he was gay. Um, it was just it was like through a police report, essentially. Right. Was, yeah, and. Well, I have a question. Sorry. Why would you chemically castrate a gay man? Yeah, that's, that was not, a punishment at the time. That was. But he's not going to make babies. I know, but that's... No, no, so that you don't have a sex drive, so you don't... Yeah. Or at least that was the theory, so you don't have a sex drive, so you'll stop doing it's, that naughty thing. It's inhumane. It's, that's all. That's <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. stupid. Yeah, it's sick. Well, yeah. I mean... It was the fifties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I we we couldn't eat at the same place. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. But when people talk about like yeah, the good old days, like oh the the fifties, well yeah, you're only thinking that because you were white and straight, you know, like seriously. And, like, and I I guess in our area we had three water fountains, which was for Mexicans, for black people, and for white people. Wow, I was like, wow. Oh, they, 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 they made it extra segregated. Wow! They didn't have four. Nothing, nothing for the Asians. No, no, because it that what I that I think it like the all the the Mexicans and like any other uh, our dog is <laughs> any other um, ethnicity that was around was relegated to the one. But yeah, yeah. that's what my parents. I heard. Um, I heard that uh, rumbling, and I thought that was Carrie's stomach. I was just like, we really need <laughs> no. to let this woman eat. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, a little behind the curtain where we are uh, very hungry while we're recording this episode. Uh, so, 
<laughs> but uh but yeah uh well i mean in regards to uh into capone kansas I, um i just want like one more thing is i i did read i did read um union station which is andy park's other book that he that he wrote um right right before this one it's also another kansas um you know non you know fictional non you know historical fiction kind of book um and it was uh, and like but i read that before i read this and i read this like in 2005 so that was be- so i remember really liking it so i can't tell you the details but um i would definitely that's another book i kind of want to pick up now again and reread because i i definitely enjoyed this this you know it was as good as i remembered it being so that is a happy oh, it's very good yeah i'm glad times, I, I chose it yeah i'm glad you chose it too because a lot of times when you when you revisit something and like because you're not that person anymore like a lot of times you're like wow this is just not good it yeah. doesn't hit the same way yeah it doesn't hit the but same you know, way yeah this was very very good um it was also one of those deals like you know i read the title i was like okay i start reading it's just one of those deals where i had no idea what i was getting myself into like and yeah. i just really 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 enjoyed it i'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad. that's awesome that's really good. oh question um yes. about uh real life truman capote so again never seen it i have a context for what it's about but uh was breakfast and tiffany's and also a uh a, a non-fiction novel or is that all made up no that's all made like, up was there a real okay so so he based it on a few people but no it's that a he knew, like a composite of people that yeah. of people's experiences that he knew yeah no, 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 not, not that that's like that's salacious but i just didn't know if that like was his thing that like you know he was only explicitly doing novels out of things that he you know was observing Oh yeah, Holly Go Golightly, all those characters, those are all very fictional characters um that are mm-hmm. kind of pseudo based on on people he knew, but not fully. But mm-hmm. yeah. Gotcha. Um but yeah, um the that's a that's a movie recommendation. I know you're not really into movies, Richard, but <laughs> it, it, there is there is there's some troublesome so stuff in that. There is some Mm, there's some yellow face in it. That's not. Yeah, it's uh, Andy, Andy, uh, Mickey Rooney. Mickey is an Rooney Asian plays man. an Asian man, and it's it's pretty terrible. In, in oh, you, oh, Tiffany's? You've yes. never seen that? Oh, you have to look up those clips. It's insane. But the movie itself is still, it, you know, hold, it holds up. Um, but it unfortunately has that terrible thing in it. Um, but and then the Gregory Peck, um, uh, Tequila Mockingbird. I keep wanting to say Tequila Mockingbird. It's like it's a restaurant. <laughs> so like Tequila Mockingbird, um, the Gregor Peck one is super good movie as well. It's it's black and white, I know, but it's it's a good movie. I feel like maybe I've seen that in school, you but probably I did. They have. Definitely, probably have. They definitely never assigned us the book. Is That's it Tequila Mockingbird? Is it about a trial? Yes. yes. Okay, so I've definitely seen that in school. I vaguely, vaguely remember it, but yeah. I do remember it being good. Yeah. Cool. It's a is it Scopes trial? No, it's um it's a murder trial. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a murder trial. Um oh, and, no. and um and the main character who's based on Harper Lee herself as a kid. Yeah, her dad is a lawyer and he has to defend this person. So mm. it's it's a it's a really good book. It's a it's a good uh it's a good movie too. Yeah, but, I actually uh, prefer the movie to the book. Yeah, that's rare because you yeah. are a I am a book person. person. Till the day I die, so but that's, I prefer. That, that I'm just a like, Gregory Peck fan, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, Gregory Peck is a, is a great actor, and yeah. So, anyways, we're not a movie right. podcast. A- anything else um, before we uh, close out? Everything? Anything else yeah. you want to talk I'm about? I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Thanks for um, you know, 
letting me choose this week and it was fun glad glad we read it yeah i'm glad like i said like i don't know if i would have revisited this i'm glad i did i'm glad, glad you recommended it because it was definitely this is actually a book that now we're getting into christmas season i might have to keep thinking about you know maybe giving it to somebody so a good gift Oh, and if anyone else is interested, it is a uh, Comicsology Unlimited book, so yes, it's sitting absolutely. there available for your if you're subscribed. Yeah, and Mr. Parks, if you ever listen to this, I know you won't, but let's just say you will for my own sake. Uh, I am a huge fan of the book, and please don't get upset with what I said about the artistry thing. <laughs> <laughs> we like your hat. <laughs> he always has a cool hat on, and as a person who's trying to become, I, a hat, I, I, like. I'm trying, ahead, to a, oh, I'm, I'm trying to become a hat person as well. And so I have I have much, much uh, love for, for him being, being a hat person. So shout out to, to Andy Park's hat as well. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, Carrie, I hope he, uh, if, if he is upset, I hope you, he writes you a sternly uh, worded letter. Yes, please do. <laughs> and I will frame it. Like, yes, I was chastised. And then you can write him one and he'll frame it. Oh, yes. <laughs> like the exchange. That might be my new kink. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> it would be like me a snail mail. Dear sir or madam. Like a form letter. Super form. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> That has like blanks, like where you should have like insert address here, like Mr. Like circle one, Mr. <laughs> Mrs. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, but yeah, okay, so I guess that's it for our, our uh, our review overall. Definitely, uh, check out the book, it's really good. It's uh, an under the radar book, too, so it's like you know, um, definitely one to, to search out for and, and uh, pick up and read. So, with that being said, we have reached the end of our show. And thank you, as always, for listening to our show, uh, Instagram, um, Twitter, before it all burns down, um, and Good Pods, it's CDB Pod, uh, Book Clovers on Friday on Instagram. Uh, we will announce the uh, next episode's book. This will be Richard's choice, so he'll tell mm-hmm. us on Friday, and we'll post it on Friday and let you all know what we're going to read. Uh, if you want to join in the conversation, comments are better at gmail.com. You can also recommend a book for us to do in the future. Uh, Richard, where can we find you? Um, I'm at TopCat360 all over the internet. Uh, being sad, sad about the state of the country, even though I'm slightly happy knowing that it could have been worse, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's not great. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's also very... I'm a Floridian and we're a disappointment, and I'm oh, sorry. It's just that first it's, it's, it's not great down here. Yeah. I apologize. Well, everything was and the thing is, is that no one knows what to do because none of the politics down here make any sort of sense. Like, yes. you know. Compared to the rest of the country, like there's a certain thing about consistency. Like, I, even if you're consistently evil, I could know, like I could work with that. But the politics here makes no sense. Like, if you put a, if you put like a very progressive liberal referendum on the ballot in Florida, like it'll pass overwhelmingly. But if you just put like a generic Democrat on the ballot in Florida, they can't, they can't get elected. They're gonna get blown out. But like they love all the policies. <laughs> yeah. They hate all the people. I don't know what to tell you. It doesn't make any sense down here. But you know, I'm still down here fighting the good fight. Good. Thank you. And <laughs> best way to reach Carrie is uh our email, the comments are better at gmail.com yes. if you want to reach out to her. She stays away uh from social media, which is a very good thing before I know for, for mental health at least, right? Oh, but I, I go on the deep dark web of reddit so yeah that's real fucking great for me (laughs) i just just found out there's a subreddit 
called Tip of My Penis to look up porn stars from, you know, like Tumblr, Tumblr clips and like random gifts and shit. So <laughs> I just found that out. Oh, Instead of tip of my tongue, it's like tip of my penis. Like, where's this fucking hot girl from? And it's just like, I don't, I don't know. This is the first time I'm seeing her asshole. I can't recognize <laughs> her this way. I'm sorry. We just learned about. You know what? There needs to be a network for all sorts of things. So for the people yeah. that need it, I'm, I'm hey, glad it's there. You know what? <laughs> it's it's quite a community on on Reddit. So yeah. That's where I'm at. And I've just learned about the that there's a subreddit about Conan O'Brien and that there's people who think that he's a good look easy cute Yeah, guy. Conan apparently Conan O'Brien Conan O'Brien is a hot dude for a lot of people. Yeah. So really? Yeah. He's, yeah. He's so awkward looking. He good for is. them. But, yeah. but he is lovable though at the same time. Oh no, no, he's yeah. he's one of the best. He's one of the all-time mm-hmm. greats, but you know, I would have I would have I've been like, oh, he's so handsome, but you know what? Good for them. I'm yeah, sure. Absolutely. I'm sure you all don't need me to recommend it, but I do recommend his podcast. <laughs> you know, like, if you're not already listening to it, then you're not going to listen to it. But yeah, it's good. All right. Well, I'm at uh, Brygen underscore CB on Instagram. Um, you, I'm not going to give you my Twitter because besides my awesome jokes, <laughs> you know, I will probably post them, repost them on Instagram too. Oh, please don't. Which I did actually with this one, and I'm getting likes on Instagram. So maybe the Instagram crowd was the right crowd for this. uh, It was all the family that follows. That's true too. It was all pity likes. That's all I get are pity likes, but that's all. That's okay. So, (laughs) well, this has been the uh, Comics Deserve Better podcast, and uh, for Richard and Carrie, I'm Brian, and thank you everyone once again for listening. And remember, comics deserve better, and everyone deserves comics. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Later. Okay, we're going to have to make a mark. Johnny, why the hell are you going after the cough drops? I mean, sorry. It's just like fucking chaos around me. Okay, Johnny, stop. Please, just go be normal for once. Okay, what mark are we? <laughs> what, what, where are we at? Like the time? Yeah. I have no idea. It doesn't have the Shit. time. Okay. But let's make a blank spot. Okay. <laughs>